Welcome back to the Ocali's Women's Basketball Podcast. I'm Noah Weber. I'm joined by Ben and Sam Hutchins and Jacob Sturm. And we're here kind of just break down the first third of the season for the Oklahoma State Cowgirls. So, twins, I'm going to ask both of y'all, what is, I guess, kind of y'all's thoughts going into this break before the Cowgirls take on Texas Tech on January 2nd? Well, that was a lot smoother intro than just saying, like, Ben – Hutchins, Sam Hutchins. It was just easier to say Ben and Sam Hutchins. So that was smooth. It was uh, it was small, but it was noticed and it was smooth. So I'm I'm doing well today, guys. I hope you guys are doing the same. A uh, couple days before Christmas Eve, a couple days before Christmas, one day before Christmas Eve. Um, my thoughts on the season are, you know, like in the most general terms of of I think I can say, I think the Cowgirls have exceeded my expectations. Um, in this first third of the season, they had a couple rough games in conference play. Um, one being a lot rougher than the other, the Tulsa game, uh, compared to the Alabama game. However, I think this team has kind of rebounded nicely. Like, they surprised me, got off to a really nice 2-0 start in conference play, and are on a three-game win streak heading into the break. So, Noah, um, I'd say this team has surprised me uh, in the first third of the season. Yeah, let's take a little bit of a step back. 6-2 uh, and two overall, the Cowgirls. Their two losses came uh, – they had a four-point loss at home to Alabama – in the Big 12 SEC show showcase, and uh, I know that they all regret that loss. And then I think probably the most surprising game of the season so far for the Cowgirls at these eight games was the loss to Tulsa. Uh, they lost by seven points and kind of got thrashed a little bit versus Tulsa, which I don't think I was expecting. <laughs> Frankly, I don't think the players were expecting. Uh, so, you know, hey, that's a loss. We kind of have to circle it and give it up to the Golden Hurricane because that was uh, really well played by them to come in and do that. But the Cowgirls, uh, aside from those two losses, they've had a, um, they've taken care of the games they've needed to against smaller teams like Oral Roberts and Southern. And then they've won uh, two big games now against West Virginia and Oklahoma, also getting a win against North Texas, which uh, Coach Tell told us North Texas is a good team. He likes their personnel, and he expects them to win a lot of games when they get into conference play. So I think that 6-2 and two right now, uh, the Cowgirls have also exceeded my expectations a little bit as well. And uh, I think that they're probably – I don't know what you all think, but uh, would you guess that the Cowgirls are kind of happy sitting uh, where they are right now? I think they're thrilled sitting where they are, honestly. Um, to be – I mean, West Virginia is what, what Coach um, Littell told us a few availabilities ago was that West Virginia was the best team that, that, that the Cowgirls have really faced, and it wasn't really that close. And they certainly met that expectation and exceeded it to the point where they were controlling the game. And that that's exactly what you need from a team that it was not given a whole lot of shot to compete with a lot of these big 12 teams. And just to be in that, um, be in that boat, be able to, take that kind of team that maybe is a better team. A lot of people thought, I think that shows this team um, has a ceiling that's a lot higher than where we have really given them credit for. And they, they've really um, met that expectation as of late. Completely. Yeah, agree. Oh, go ahead. Noah. Because I mean, if you look at the beginning of the season and kind of where we were on that opening pod, we were talking bottom half of the big 12, seventh, eighth, and like a little bit, just kind of like, having our expectations low. So if they exceed them, we're happy. And I mean, they've done everything and exceed our expectations. I mean, 
with the 2-0 record in the Big 12 and just like this team is really coming together. I mean, they play together. They love to play together. If we keep seeing these type of things continue because, I mean, it's not easy to have girls that love to play together and, I mean, and they're well coached, I mean, and they're consistent. So, I mean, that is something that we, if we continue to see, I expect us, the Oklahoma State Cowgirls to finish in the top five in the Big 12. I mean, that loss against Tulsa, as we kind of talked about on that pregame pod before that game, just about how they haven't played yet and how all their opponents were canceling on them. And then we were all thinking we were going to thrash them. That was a little bit of a disappointing loss. But, I mean, after that, all we've seen is some good basketball. So happy the way that the Cowgirls have been playing. Yeah, guys, let me run it down. Uh, In the preseason poll for the Big 12, uh, you know, there's some – uh, great teams at the top, uh, you know, like Baylor was uh, the number one, almost unanimous number one in the conference. Uh, Texas followed that with two, and Iowa State came in at three. Uh, Oklahoma State was projected eighth out of ten teams in the preseason Big 12 poll, and I think we're still close enough to the start of the season where this has some uh, credence. Um, Oklahoma State was not expected to uh, probably have a 2-0 start. The two teams they beat, West Virginia and Oklahoma, were predicted to finish fifth and seventh, respectively, both above Oklahoma State to start the season. So now that we look at it, you know, obviously it's a pretty minimal sample size, but Oklahoma State is sitting tied for third or tied for first in the conference right now with both Baylor and Iowa State. All those teams come in at 2-0. Um, Oklahoma State, uh, I think that the most telling part of their season is maybe that that loss to Tulsa, like, I don't think Baylor would have taken that loss. So I'm not sure Oklahoma State has the gear to go on a run where they can, like, knock off a Baylor uh, to finish first in this conference. I think we all know that Baylor is probably head and shoulders a little bit above everyone else, maybe in college basketball, not even in the Big 12. But uh, I, I think that Oklahoma State, you know, from what I've seen right now, uh, like, like Noah was saying, could certainly make some noise and finish in the top half of this conference and uh, squeeze into the NCAA tournament pretty, uh, pretty easily. And Sam, I feel like the reason, I think the four of us are all kind of, you know, optimistic or surprised uh, in a good way from an Oklahoma State standpoint on this podcast is because Oklahoma State had a lot of players leave. You know, they're predicted eighth in the Big 12. Nobody really knew what this was going to be like. But I, th- I feel like we've seen this team really bond together. Um, you know, in every single uh, video conference we've done with the players and coaches, it, it just comes across how much this team loves each other. Um, and as Jacob, you kind of hit on last night in the postgame uh, recap, I think that has a lot to do with uh, Coach Littell and the job he and the rest of the staff are doing to bring this team together and maximize what they can get out of this team. And uh, I, I only see this team uh, going up. Yeah, I, so here's one thing I want to add to this. Um, the Cowgirls have only scored 80-plus points one time this season. And, I mean, to be 6-2 and two and only have scored 80 points once is a pretty decent – is pretty decent, all things considered. But that does open up the door for when you're playing a team that is a lot better than you you're not going to – you're going to want to be a lower-scoring game that you can continue to be in the game the whole time, not one of those games where it just comes down to who's going to score more points. And, you know, I think it's a good sign that they haven't 
had to score 80 points to win a lot of these games. I think that goes to show that their defense is definitely better than um, maybe we thought about that as well. And whenever you – I mean, they've scored in the 60s at least three times. And, I mean, they are 2-1 and one when they um, don't score 70 points this season. I mean – that's just – it just goes to show that defensively, if they're solid defensively, they can keep in a lot of these games. And given none of those teams are Baylor, I mean, that is a different – that's a different matchup entirely. But they can probably I – would, I would say they could be competitive in basically every game they play this year if their defense has been, um, continues to be as solid as what it has been to this point. Yeah, I think that's right, Noah. Would you guys characterize Oklahoma State as an offensive or a defensive team? Right now we've seen eight games to start the season, and honestly we can kind of throw out probably uh, Southern and maybe a little bit Oral Roberts as well because, uh, you know, that's just not the same type of level of competition we'll see in the Big 12, and you're not always going to give up only 34 points like you did versus Southern. But, you know, uh, we've seen a lot of close games, wins and losses. Uh, Alabama was a four-point loss. Um, Oklahoma – uh, that was a little further apart, but, you know, West Virginia was only a five-point win. So uh, we've seen it go both ways for the Cowgirls early on, and we've seen a lot of different scores put up. Would you characterize the Cowgirls to be an offensive or defensive team, or are they pretty balanced? I think for the most part they're pretty balanced, but just because they've struggled a little bit shooting the three ball this year, I'm just going to say defensive just because when I think of an offensive team, like, I mean, this is just kind of my NBA side coming in. I know we're in women's college women's basketball, huge jump. But when I think of like an offensive team, I'm thinking more of the Golden State Warriors, the Dallas Mavericks, just teams that they rain the threes. They, I mean, they're putting up a ton of points. And I mean, the Cowgirls, don't get me wrong, have been scoring the ball very well this season. But when I just kind of, I don't know, when I think of this team, I kind of think of them def- as a defensive team just because Natasha Mack down low is just that anchor. And then they have a couple other pieces on the perimeter. And I mean, I mean, defense wins championships. So I'm going to consider the Cowgirls a defensive team this year. Now, I think one thing I'll add to that as well is I think they're a defensive team as well. I think they've had probably two quarters this year that you could argue for being an offensive team just from those two quarters, like how they played. I think the first quarter against Alabama when they scored 22 points mean that set the tone for that entire basketball game. And they just, that was arguably their best quarter they've played this entire season. And then the fourth quarter against West Virginia, where Lexi Keys just could not miss any shots that she took. I mean, she could have taken any shot and made it. And, you know, those, I think those are arguably your two best quarters as a team that they've played to this point, but I don't necessarily think that those two quarters in are indicative on the entire year. I think for the most part, this team has been a lot more solid defensively. Natasha Max, the NCAA blocks leader, you know, I think you can't be the blocks leader and not be a defensive focused team. And so that's why I kind of think that that's their identity is on the defensive end and not on the offensive side of the, of the court and 
I mean, for to this point, it's worked out. So whatever they're doing is certainly what they're probably going to be continuing on, um, to do as the conference, as conference play continues. And uh, I think one thing that could help the Cowgirls is when their defense turns into their offense. Obviously, the main way that the Cowgirls have been getting points is pounding it inside. You know, Natasha Mack had, I believe, 31 last night all by herself, and that's been a real rescue for the Cowgirls all year. I think she's probably been the Cowgirls MVP so far in this first third of the season, and uh, she probably would have been the preseason favorite to be MVP as well. That was kind of expected for her to uh, be such a force, but when the Cowgirls, I think they're most effective when they can get steals and get out in transition. Uh, I've noticed, I feel like um, the guard play, I, I don't know, I don't have any stats to back it up, at least in front of me, but I feel like Oklahoma State has been a good team defensively getting deflections and steals. Um, and uh, when they manage to turn get in transition and turn points, uh, turn fast break points into easy layups, um, I feel like that's when they're most effective, when their defense kind of leads into their offense. Um, but I, I guess it'd be interesting to hear what Coach Patel has to think about that. So, um, kind of looking forward, Texas Tech up next. Big game, as we discussed before the podcast aired. Uh, big game with the factors coming in there. What do you guys kind of see from the Cowgirls going forward as we move into an entire slate of Big 12 games? First It'll off that fun. comes to mind. Oh, go ahead. Okay, no, I was just going to say it's going to be a lot of fun because I think this Cowgirls team has a lot of room to grow. So I think some games we're going to come out and, uh, and maybe be surprised um, that they don't play as well. And then I think some games we're going to come out and we're going to be surprised that the Cowgirls, you know, hung with a great team or managed to beat a good team on the road or something like that. So I'm excited to see uh, how this season unfolds for them coming in, coming, you know, with uh, when you're kind of centered around like a, a core competition, like the Big 12 conference is. Guys, I'm really excited for this uh, Texas Tech game that Sam kind of hinted is coming up in Gallagher Ivo Arena, I believe on uh, the 2nd, yes, January 2nd. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun with, you know, obviously uh, most Oklahoma State Cowgirl basketball fans who have made it, you know, 20 minutes or so into this podcast are aware that Vivian Gray and uh, Bryn Gerlich are now on the Texas Tech Lady Raiders being coached by uh, Bryn's mom, Krista. So I'm excited to see how that whole dynamic's going to come home. Uh, you know, the applause or, you know, what Vivian's homecoming is kind of going to look like. But also to see how this Cowgirl basketball team, you know, is maybe going to move on from that, is maybe going to show, like, hey, this is a new era of, uh, of college basketball inside uh, Gallagher Arena on the women's side. So I'm excited to see how that's going to play out. Yeah, I I can certainly follow that up and say um, this this is definitely this game's meaning now has a whole lot more on the line than probably what we expected it to have. Uh, I think probably whenever we saw this in the preseason, we were thinking more of this will be the game that kind of determines if this team is a middle of the road conference team or a bottom of the conference team and realistically if they win this game I mean they're three and oh in conference and you can make an argument that they're at least in the top four I mean I think everybody still probably puts Iowa State and Texas above them in terms of where they're going to finish but I certainly think that would 
move the needle to make them a competitor in the conference. And I, you know, what better way to get to that point than by playing against what you said, Vivian Gray, Bryn Gerlich, that whole entire system that they, that they have at Texas Tech. It just seems like the perfect game to um, make a mark on the season. And so I'm expecting the Cowgirls are going to be ready to play. I'm sure Texas Tech is not going to want to get embarrassed in Stillwater as well. So I, I absolutely think that game's ramifications just doubled up in terms of how, um, how much they're really, how much it's going to mean for this slight conference play. And Jacob, I think you're right. You know, obviously it's still really early in this season, uh, especially to be kind of looking at Big 12 standing as closely as you are, but it's all we have. So I'll do it here. Uh, Texas Tech is one and one coming out. Uh, they've won two games since they got uh, really destroyed by Baylor. I was watching a little bit of that game and uh, Baylor, I'm not gonna lie, they dismantled Texas Tech. It was not pretty, uh, but Baylor has done that to a lot of teams and uh, they will continue to do that to a lot of teams. Um, and I believe it was, uh, I actually can't remember if it was in Waco or in Lubbock, um, but this game will be in Stillwater for the Cowgirls. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see, Ben, like you said, uh, what it's like with Vivian Gray, if she plays especially well, or if she struggles back in her old, uh, back in Gallagher Arena, which she called home for uh, two years, two or three years, um, and where she uh, made such an impact for the Oklahoma State program. But um, yeah, the Cowgirls realistically will look at it uh, there, this is a chance to move in and kind of uh, cement their spot in the top of the conference. Uh, Texas Tech was projected to finish sixth in the Big 12, so at one and one and six out of ten, uh, right? They're kind of like a what's thought to be a pretty uh, good measuring stick as far as a, like a litmus test of how good your team is. Pretty middle of the road Big 12 team. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. I think it'll be interesting. You know, it's kind of hard right now with, um, you know, that's a hard game to use as a measuring stick. And with West Virginia, that game was just crazy. Shots were going in from everywhere. I don't think that'll happen uh, again for both teams, um, at least for a while. So I think that this game, it might be the best measuring stick we've seen yet to see kind of how the Cowgirls play uh, opening up after Christmas. Now, I want to circle back to one thing real quick before we either move on or we wrap up. I don't know what the plan is there, but um, just they, the Cowgirls are 2-0 and on the road. And I think that's an important thing that we're going to be looking at as the season goes on, just because given it was OU and they had seven players and given it was North Texas, they're not a conference team. But I think 2-0 and on the road shows me this team has – is probably going to be building confidence from those two games and potentially could build, could build a strong road record and look like a really competitive team whenever they're not playing in front of home fans. And, you know, that might not mean a whole lot this year because the COVID-19, you know, that whole entire issue is going to affect everybody a little bit, but, I also think that it goes to show that not playing in the same building won't make much difference for how this team performs. And I certainly think that's a good, that's a good sign because if, 
if you're a good team, you need to be able to play as well on the road. And they certainly have looked the part so far through two games. I think that's a big thing you bring up, especially with the Tigers being as young as they are. Uh, you know, and that's a point that's been reiterated by uh, Coach Littell, uh kind of throughout um, our talking with him is, hey, this team is young, you know, limited offseason. Uh, there's probably going to be some spots where, you know, the, that shows. And so far it has not been on the road. Uh, the road on the road has actually been two of the Cowgirls um, most handy, uh, two of the games that they've won most handily, um, uh, beating North Texas by 14 and then knocking off Oklahoma by uh, 13. Um, so, yeah, both two impressive wins. Like we said, uh, they're not, you know, North Texas, especially, you know, not a conference team, but they're also, uh, those two teams are better than the likes of, you know, Oral Roberts and Southern. So I think that, uh, you know, we don't really know a whole lot about those two teams, and it'll be interesting to look back after the season's conclusion and see what a team like North Texas did and, you know, where OU finished to uh, kind of judge how big those wins were early on. But I think uh, for a young team, you know, there are no truly easy wins in D1 college basketball. And uh, it was, you know, it's good. Teams can slip up. Teams have slipped up all year. And uh, for the Cowgirls to have not slipped up so far on the road, just two games. But, yeah, certainly a good thing to keep an eye on. Do y'all have anything else, or? Yeah. Good to wrap it up. That's what I was about to go ahead and ask y'all. If y'all don't have anything else, I mean, I think that's kind of going to wrap up our podcast going into this long break before the Cowgirls take on the Red Raiders on January 2nd. So with that being said, I hope everyone has a happy holidays, a Merry Christmas Eve tomorrow, a Merry Christmas the day following. I'm Noah Weber. I'm joined by Ben and Sam Hutchins and Jacob Sturm, and this has been the Ocali's Women's Basketball Podcast.